0: This year's award season has felt longer than usual. And believe it or not, it's all coming to a close this weekend with the 91st Annual Academy Awards. This is TikTok. I'm Jennifer Zabasaja, in for David Myers. And joining me on the podcast today is my colleague Andrew Mock and Bloomberg News Entertainment reporter Anusha Sakui in Los Angeles. Hi, Anusha.
1: Hey there! We're very excited to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm delighted to be for my my debut on the TikTok podcast. Yeah. Oh, so this is your
2: first time. We were wondering if you'd been on. Yeah, it before.
0: no. So let's let's start with this. I mean, this has been a long and drawn out awards season. I'm curious. First, how are you feeling?
1: Well that's very kind of you to ask because it's been a crazy week in entertainment generally uh, news and um, you know and and just covering the awards and the Oscars and the constant changes it's been a bit like whiplash but you know really the work starts for me uh really on sunday when we go backstage um it's sort of like next door almost at the at the lowe's hotel uh in hollywood uh, right next door to the dolby where the oscars are being held and it's the press room there and that's where me and one of my editors will set up and we'll um And we'll be, you know, watching the show and waiting for winners to come backstage and ask some questions.
2: Well, so let's talk about the wider issue of the Oscars relevancy anymore. Obviously, like you mentioned, the show's been facing declining viewership ratings for years. Mm -hmm. They flirted with the idea of introducing the most popular film category, then they backed out of that, and they couldn't even find a host. There's no host this year. So Mm -hmm. what's the breaking point for the Academy here before they start to introduce some real structural changes to the show?
1: I, they they have been trying to do that um, this year. It really feels like that they try to do that um, with more gusto than than they have before by you know cutting out categories and uh, that they would that would be broadcast and really try and bring the show down from like at its peak four hours down at three hours. Um, and you know not have some of the sort of meandering um, uh, you know bits that were that that were in the show before um, the lack of host might actually help that uh, because you know you won't have like an opening ten minute skid or whatever um, and uh but you know the body they clearly not sort of executed that well because now they're back at a situation where you know they have sort of lost control, and the Four categories that they wanted to you know edit down and maybe not have the whole you know process of getting up out of the seat and filming that and t- you know having the speech and they were going to edit that down now those those categories fall back and they're just going to have equal ranking so what they try to do they lost control over in term, you know so to get that sort of relevancy um, back, I think it was it's really about you know the, the films that, that are you know in in contention and You know, this year, there are films that have been widely seen, like Black Panther. um, And there are a lot of films that have not been seen by very many people. Probably the favorite is Roma. Now, it's on Netflix, which is a huge difference. Like, it's potentially open to a a lot of people to see. um, But it's a black and white movie in Spanish. You know, again, there's a lot of um, sort of niche films, but there's some, some popular ones as well. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it's sort of a reflection of a mix of, People aren't watching TV as much, so they're not watching uh, award shows. The Academy show has been a bit, maybe a bit old-fashioned in its approach um, to the show, and this year they're trying to revamp it, and we'll see how that goes. If uh, if they draw more people in this year with their lineup.
0: And you talk about, I mean, you brought up the films. There's eight films nominated for Best Picture this year. And I feel like usually by this time, there's a clear favorite going into the Oscars. um, But it's sort of been like a mixed bag of winners at all of these award shows. Um, Do you think that Roma is going to be the one to come out on top? Or do you expect maybe there could be a surprise if something like a Black Panther or a a Green Book maybe wins?
1: You know, it's. I think it's still a tough one because while, if you look at like odds makers, you know, like this is the first year you can legally bet on the Oscars. You have to be in New Jersey, but it's the first year you can do that. (laughs) We reported on that on on Bloomberg. Um, But uh, if you look at like odds makers, Roma is far and away the favorite because overall they've won the most prizes and they kind of come out um, at the big uh, uh, guild awards um, on top. But as you said, it's like the first year where um, those key Guild Award prizes, so the, um, you know, as People who follow the award season know that they look to the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, the um, Guild for Actors, because these are the branches of the Academy that they then go and vote in the Oscars. And you could kind of get an idea of like, well, what does that mean? And we, we know, for example, that if we look at the Screen Actors Guild, that's the biggest block in the Academy voting. And this is kind of like mathematics and uh, metaphysics that kind of goes into figuring out, okay, well, what does that mean for the Oscars? Now, it it would typically mean that, like, you know, overall, because Roma's won so many prizes, they could be a favorite. Because so many of these branches of the Academy in their separate Guild Awards have lent in different ways and have voted for different pictures as their favorites, it doesn't give us a clear guide. And on top of that, the best picture category has a specific way of being chosen. It uses a preferential ballot, which means that ultimately the film that's chosen is one that... Uh, has a kind of like general liking amongst um, the most people it's not one that like a certain group can love so it may be that maybe it's not the number one film that um you know um a, a big group of people like but maybe it's the number two film that the most people like do you know what i mean it's sort of it's a it's kind of a complex thing so roma is a is a favorite um But there's there's ways that maybe another film could come out on top, like Green Book, which um, is popular with many people. And the Academy is still, still largely older, white and male. So you have to think about that audience.
2: Let's go down that film uh, or let's go down that route a little bit further and say that Roma does win. This is the Netflix film like you mentioned that is essentially the first Best Picture nominee that was basically a digital release. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Netflix and for the future of streaming if it does win?
1: So, I mean it really changes the game because while Netflix, you know, gave Roma a few weeks of exclusive run in theaters, it really Puts it in a very distinctive class of uh, producers of films, and it means that for theatre companies and you know the the big circuits of cinemas, they're going to be under greater pressure than they are already, and they may face. You know, in upcoming negotiations, potentially uh, more pressure to reduce the window of exclusivity that they currently have. Now, the way it works is that when a film is released, it gets about three months to run in a theater. But what's been happening the past kind of couple of years, because of the way consumer behavior has been going, because of the rise of Netflix and Amazon Prime, there are so many great options of content at home that there weren't before, and people aren't as pushed to go to the theatre as much and pay $20 to see a movie. So theatres have been under pressure from Hollywood to reduce this window of exclusivity. And if Roma wins, it sort of gives puts Netflix on this pedestal that it didn't really have before. Um, and you know maybe it makes that maybe it makes that conversation much tougher. It makes it much harder for theatres to fend off the pressure from streaming um, companies like Netflix when it comes to courting the big um, directors to say that look, you know, if you If you want to win an Oscar, you've got to release your movie in theatres. You know, you've got to impact the zeitgeist. You've got to have people see your movie and come out and, you know, experience it on a big screen. If, if Roma wins an Oscar, it's possible that many people, you know, just saw it, um, at home and, and it just, as, as the CEO of View International, the, the British, um, they headquartered, uh, Cinemark chain recently w- wrote an open letter about, and called it, you know, a made-for-TV movie. Um, so th- that's that's something that could really change the game. And there are um, big voices out there, uh, big members of the Academy like Steven Spielberg, who um, you know want to preserve this theatrical experience and are, I don't know if opponents to Netflix is, a, is too strong a word, but you know are concerned about you know, the, this sort of incursion and, you know, at the heart of it is that big auteur filmmakers like Alfonso Cuaron find a home at Netflix and they're not sort of, you know, and they, they don't mind that maybe their film doesn't get a theatrical run and theaters lose out.
2: Let's go back and talk about the controversies. It seems like this year is kind of the year where there's been more controversies than ever. In fact, the New York Times is a piece out today basically pointing out that each major film that's been nominated is, em- is embroiled in its own controversy. Obviously, some of the films that are nominated really tug at the polarization of American politics, but I think you could also say that a lot of the uproar around the films just speaks to the fact that there's always going to be some detractors, no matter what the film is. So I'm wondering, do you think that these controversies actually end up helping those films Succeed?
1: I think so. Um, you know, sometimes they can derail a film's chances at the Oscars. I mean, last night I was um, uh, in, in LA. I, I was moderating a panel for some of the uh, writers and producers of, of Green Book, and they faced a lot of backlash against some of the uh, portrayal of, of the characters in, in their film, which is based on a true story. Um, and you know, often what you find is that you know many of these films that Become Oscar contenders often based on a true uh, true story, um, you know, an interpretation of a real person, and then sometimes that gets challenged. We saw it with um, many, you know, it's happened many times. You know, with Hidden Figures, it happened. It happened with uh, Ava DuVernay's film uh, Selma, um, and sometimes you know you can get these kind of campaigns. You know, whispering campaigns where it can derail their chances. So it's very important. But as you said, it it does happen frequently. It can help them in that it does bring attention to them. It hasn't hurt Green Book. It's up for five Academy Awards and it has a potential to win best picture
0: and you know I want to pivot slightly and and also talk about another piece that you have out today uh, about inclusion writer you know Uh the term first sort of came about in I think the public's mind last year when Frances McDormand uh, brought it up during her acceptance speech in your mind sort of how what progress have we seen in the past year in terms of the inclusivity that's happening?
1: So as you said, this time last year, Frances McDormand got up on stage and her accepted speech for Best Actress and said she wanted to leave the audience with two words, inclusion writer and everyone was like, What? inclusion writer <laughs> inclusion writer what? everyone's like googling away and there's spikes on Google and then she comes backstage and she says you know she just found out about this term and it's the brainchild of um, this USC associate professor called Stacy Smith who's been working for um, the University of uh, Southern California and on issues of inclusion and studying inclusion in um, and gender diversity and, and uh, racial diversity in Hollywood and who's really been putting out a lot of information and, and studies over the past few years and Really putting it in people 's faces about how the needle really has not moved in terms of you know how women in particular um and uh have not been represented uh have not had you know uh, equal representation on screen or behind the camera um, and similarly for african Americans and um other uh, ethnicities and she has found that in the past year, she's put out a couple of studies with her colleagues. Um, and, you know, noticeably, she has seen an uptick uh, in some of the leading female roles, you know, seen a greater proportion of female leading roles in, in, in some of the top grossing movies. And also a, a first time in more than a decade um, of of. of, of Black male directors um, for the top grossing movies. It's not reflected in the director's chair, which is something that we wrote about um, and is this kind of latest initiative uh, called the 4% Challenge.
2: So, uh, last but not least, I think we should uh, ask you your predictions for the big (laughs) night. Um, Who do you think is going to walk away with Best Picture?
1: You know, it's a really, really tough one. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say for director, I really think it's Alfonso Cuaron with Roma. I think that's like a given. I think this Picture. I'm, um, you know, the interesting thing is that is it okay that I'm answering your question by not answering your question? <laughs>
0: yeah, um, we're not putting bets on this, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, like,
1: I mean, really, I feel like it should be. It's probably going to be Roma, but I also think there were so many factors that might mean that it's not because maybe many of the Academy didn't watch it. Uh, maybe a lot of them liked Green Book, and a lot of them them liked um, A Star is Born maybe is this finally when A Star is Born gets an award you know because they've like been nominated for so many awards and they came into the award season like as the favourite for all, absolutely everything and they didn't they haven't walked away with very much so um you know, But really, it's hard not to put your money on Roma.
0: We'll definitely be watching, and we'll be thinking about you as well, Anusha, because you're gonna to have to be up all night and maybe into the morning, I'm guessing.
1: Well, um. may- yes, especially <laughs> if I get invited to parties. But I mean, I just also want to remind us of one thing. With all these controversies, like, we've already had an Oscars where they got the best picture wrong, and that's not even what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, like, as long as that doesn't happen, aren't we okay? Right. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think so. I'm sure the producers will think that.
2: But it's true. <laughs> I mean, Anything can really happen now.
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> totally.
0: Well, Anusha, thank you so much, as always, for your reporting and for joining us today on the podcast. We're definitely going to follow up with you uh, after yep. the awards show. Awesome. Um, I'll be around. Thank you. And don't forget, you can follow all of Anusha's reporting on Twitter at Anusha Sakui. And I'm Jennifer Zabasaja.
2: And I'm Andrew Mock. You can follow me on Twitter at at Andrew J Mock.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at Jennifer Lauren Z. And of course get all your latest updates 24-7 at TikTok.